Hi, I'm Jordan Laurel, and welcome to my show where we make the human experience magical through mental health, mindset, and manifestation. My story is one of radical transformation and rebirth. From depressed, disempowered, and dependent to flourishing within an incredible life I've created, this podcast is me sharing my process of overcoming and creating a magical human experience to help support you as you do the same. Tune in every Monday to feel empowered through stories, wisdom, and lots of super practical tips. Because I am proof, you can change your entire life and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome to the Magical Human Experience Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I'm so excited for you to hear today's episode. I am having a conversation on fear, imposter syndrome, and pivoting with Andy Eaton. I met Andy, or actually I should say discovered Andy last fall. And since then, I have learned so much from her and she has become a friend. And I am just continually inspired by this woman. As a human, she is just so beautiful inside and out. She is nothing but kind, encouraging, looking for ways to support and empower all the women in her circle. And I know it's not just me because I've heard other women (laughs) speak to her and have had them speak to me just about how amazing she is and what she does. She is just the embodiment of women empowering women and love, like humans loving on each other. Such an amazing human. But she is also pretty freaking amazing when it comes to her accomplishments. She has a charted podcast, which has so much goodness on spirituality and life and mindset, astrology. She's got so much goodness there. And I will, of course, have all of her details and all of this stuff linked in the show notes. I will also link the episode that I recorded with her for her podcast. If you guys want to check that out, I think it was a really great conversation. And it's kind of cool to hear where I am now compared to then partly because of manifestation and some of the things I learned from Andy. She also though is an author. She has a very successful blog that has had her travel the world paying for it. She does CEO coaching, business coaching. She has years of experience in the beauty industry is now launching her own skincare brand just amazing. I could go on and on and on, but this conversation is so good and it already was pretty long because it was, we couldn't stop. It was, there was just so many good things to cover. So I'm just going to get into it. I hope you guys enjoy. Quickly though, before we hop into the episode, I wanted to share this week's magic, which is my planner for 2023. And I totally realized that a lot of you guys might already have your planners, but just in case you don't, or you don't love yours, it's just not serving you or adding a lot of value to your life helping you get where you want to go. This one's really great. I I honestly am really picky with planners and I've tried quite a few and so far it's my favorite. I'll start off with, I mean, the, the day-to-day layout I think is my most favorite thing about it, but I also really love in the beginning. So it, it describes itself as the strategic planner and daily agenda for living a well-designed life and I really love that because manifestation involves clarity it involves inspired action and the beginning kind of helps you with both of those things it helps you get clear on what's important to you so kind of dissecting your values your passions your strengths how they overlap which is just such a great thing to do 
if you're feeling purposeless or directionless, it can really help you figure out your purpose in life, but also just super helpful for figuring out what your goals are. And then there's a self-assessment, kind of see where you're at in the different areas of your life. Then there's some pages that help you more with the breaking down. So breaking down your goals to see where you want to be in three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, then actions you can take on a monthly, weekly, and daily basis, planning out kind of your ideal day. Lots of great things to kind of just encourage reflection and intention with your daily life. So you are creating what you want. But to the specific days and the layout, I, okay, first of all, really love that there is a schedule and a to-do list for each day. I need to see both. I need to see my day mapped out and I need to see everything that I need to do. And I like making lists. They really help me. And I just never really have enough space in my other planners. So yeah, I love all the space for (laughs) scheduling and to-dos in this one. I also really love that there is today's top three. There's so many like self-development coaches and thought leaders who really recommend getting clear on your three priorities for the day in the beginning of the day. And I have personally been implementing that and really love how it's just helped me make sure that the important things are done and I'm not left at the end of the evening like I mean unless I procrastinated then it's my fault but I'm usually not left at the end of the evening being like oh no like I did everything but what I was supposed to uh, which is such an ADHD thing that I used to struggle with so helpful for that there's a really great like quote at the top of the page that's inspirational or motivational and then I love that there's a little box for listing some daily gratitudes and then there's also a note section which I also love I just I love having lots of space for all the important things and yeah just writing down extra things thoughts I I journal in my planner occasionally if I'm just like sitting there and I need to get stuff out so I love having just extra space and not having to use up the space I need for the other things for that so yeah just really been loving this feel like it's exactly what I've been needing to kind of just plan my day and also not need I do have a separate gratitude journal but I don't use it every day because I have this so it's really nice that I I can I do have all my essentials in one place so I'll link it in the show notes if you guys are interested Hi, Andy. It's so good to see you in person and to have you on the podcast. I am so thrilled for all the things, getting to sit here with you and record and to be a guest on your new show. I know. You're my first guest, which I think is so exciting. Appropriate since my first time being on a podcast was on yours. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Serendipitous. It was. Yeah. Those of you who don't know. A few of you might from Instagram, if you're coming over from there, Andy and I were on a panel in August, mid-August, I think it was, and we had a lot of questions from the audience there, and two of the questions I have struggled with a lot myself, and I thought that it might be really inspiring and helpful to just have a more in-depth conversation, especially between the two of us, because we both had a lot of things to say on those topics, just about our thoughts, what we've learned, um, and share things that might be helpful for people. Yeah. Specifically, two of those things were pivoting, how to pivot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And then as well as imposter syndrome, which I feel like is such a hot topic right now. So many people I hear asking about it, talking about it, struggling with it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's so true. And I, I love talking about both of these topics, pivoting and imposter syndrome, because it's truly like, you know, we, we cannot 
get out of the comfort zone and like live a bigger, more full life unless we deal with those two topics very specifically. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I think there's very few people who just kind of know what they want to do from the get go and stay doing that their whole life and never experience fear or wondering if they're doing well enough or yeah so yeah so I wanted to kind of dive into some of you guys know and I went into this a little bit in my trailer some of my story with how I pivoted and my journey um, just between starting off in college studying pre-law and political theory and then I switched to music and I got my undergrad and my master's in piano performance and was doing that for a while, was in a not good marriage, and then ended up starting blogging kind of an, as an escape, and then moved to New York City, and then got divorced, and then COVID went through so much, got kind of sat on my ass with all of that, and that's kind of what catapulted me diving really deep into like mindset, psychology, mental health, and then eventually as I started to really step more into my power and kind of take charge of my life and my reality manifestation um so it's been a lot of a lot of pivots but I wanted to ask you and share because I know some of your journey and story but do you want to share just kind of how all of your kind of progression your journey and the different ways you've had to pivot yeah for sure and I have to say before I tell my story each of those things that you pivoted into you had to you truly and you may you may like look back and think this but like there's a lot of bravery that you had to have to make each of those pivots. Like there's not one small move there. It's like going from (laughs) pre-law into music. Like that's a massive shift and like quite brave. And then making a decision to move to New York city. Like nobody moves to New York or LA and does it like with like a ton of ease. Like those are, that's a big move. Um, Moving across the country, making a decision to really shift your conversation to one that's really focused on mental well-being that's really brave so just want to say that before I tell my story you're so great at celebrating other women and me and it it, I'm a words of affirmation person so it always means so much um and lights me up yeah well I think sometimes we we like we're living in it right so we are like oh this is what I did but then when you really look at it from an outside objective point of view and you think about like what if somebody else had done all these things you would say like that was all really brave but when it's yourself it's like kind of hard to acknowledge that in yourself so I wanted to just call that out for you before yeah before I share a bit about my story so yeah so I okay so when I think back to starting around the time of college I studied in school public relations I had a biology minor everyone was telling me that I would be so good in sales. I went to a school that was very like biotech type of state school. And I thought I was going to go into pharmaceutical sales. I did not love that idea at all. I didn't even really know what it meant. But like everyone around me was like, you need to go into pharmaceutical sales. As I like started to take a look at what that was, I was like, I don't even really like to take a Tylenol that often, (laughs) like much less like get involved (laughs) with like administering drugs to doctors. So that doesn't feel right for me. I cannot imagine you in pharmaceutical sales. It's so wrong. And the fact that like folks along the way in college, because I, I loved the science. I loved the sciences, which is why I was minoring in biology. And so it was a lot of those types of folks that were like, you're really outgoing. You're really, you know, personable. You would be really great in sales and you understand science. So go sell drugs. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I don't know. That doesn't really feel right for me. So 
Okay. Yeah. So as I was graduating, I took an internship. Like I considered, what do I actually really love? And I loved music, not playing music like you, but I loved just like being around music. And so I was really fortunate to get an internship in which I was working as an assistant publicist for a music venue. And that's what I started doing next. And I totally loved it. My husband's a musician. I still love being around music. Like I was like a massive festival girl for a lot of years. Like that is very much my vibe. But I also along the way was like having this awareness in those first couple of years that while I loved music, I wasn't making a lot of money. I was working like really, really, really crazy long hours. And probably late nights really late nights (laughs) yeah not the best of hours either (laughs) no like all day long all night long and so I had an opportunity come up to take a position in the beauty industry and I had never considered it but I really loved fashion I'd collected Vogue magazine since I was like a child I had like every issue from I don't know like my childhood through my 20s like in my closet so I was like okay this is something I really love And so I went to work in the beauty industry and I ended up staying in the beauty industry for, I don't know, over 10 years. And I loved that so much. That was a, that was a time in which I feel like I really developed like my skill set. I learned how to work with creative people. I learned how to manage and run a business. I learned how to manage teams. I worked in like every area of the business from like marketing, sales, um, operations, general management. And so that whole experience was really great. And then along the way, I was, I had moved to New Orleans, still working for the same company. And I started a fashion incubator. And that was in like, I guess, 2013. And when did you start working in the beauty industry? I mean, I would have been like 24 or 25. So I'm in my 40s now. So a long time ago, like, whatever that math is. Okay. I'm just curious what the, you were still working in the beauty industry while you started the incubator. I was. Okay. Yeah. I was like full time during the week, like running a salon and spa group of 17 salons and spas. And I had worked in sales before that and had, had moved into management of this salon and spa group. And then I decided the reason I decided to start this incubator is I was meeting all of these really amazing very young designers in and around the New Orleans area who I saw like tremendous talent in and I was like they've got no place to go to actually start to learn how to take their talent to market and most of the time they were like high school or college age like there was a really good program um, at LSU outside of New Orleans for design. And then there's SCAD, which is in Savannah, Georgia. So I was like, okay, what is a way that I can help these kids like start to really get some perspective around how to build a business in fashion? Um, because I was seeing how to build a business in beauty and I was like, can't be that different. (laughs) Like, not that I knew a ton, but I, I had two partners who had a little more experience specifically in fashion and I really knew how to work with creative people. So we started the incubator in, yeah, 2013 or something something like that, 2012, 2013. And I ran that in tandem to my day job for like wow. five years. And, and what, what was this incubator? So it was called um, 
was called the Southern Coalition of Fashion and Design. Okay. And basically what we would do is we hosted basically a fashion week in New Orleans. It was called New Orleans Fashion Week. And these designers would get to show their work twice a year. And then we did workshops and events all year round. And like there was a year where we were written about in Women's Wear Daily as like creating like a resurging fashion industry in the South that hadn't been seen since like, you know, wow. a decade before. That's cool. <laughs> it was very cool. It was very cool. And it was like kind of under the radar, but we were starting to get a lot of like really great media attention. I absolutely loved it. Like several of the designers that came out of that time, um, Christopher John Rogers, who's like one of the, you know, he's like a CFDA award winning, very, very hot Anna Wintour favorite right now. Okay. Um, he was in the, he was in the incubator with us when he was a junior in high school, which wow. was so, so cool. Uh, there's another brand called Crew, and they are also a CFDA award-winning brand. And so they were also in the program, which was really, really cool. So it just was something that I was doing out of like the depth of passion of my heart for like young creatives wanting to like do a thing. And I think that's always like in the pivots, what I've always found is like, Helping creatives do their thing mm. is very much a thing I love to okay. do. So I ran it until I guess like it was five or six years. And then I was having the awareness that I needed to leave my corporate job. And I didn't see a way that I could really run the incubator at the same time as leaving my corporate job because incubator was making no money. Like it was not making money. It was really very much a passion project. And so I quit my job. I closed the incubator and I moved overseas for six months. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was like, okay, here we go. And I gave, New like, chapter. yeah, I gave my corporate job like a long lead time. I was like, I love you. This isn't about me not having had a great experience here. Same with the incubator when I was closing it. Like we had lots of press attention and all of that. So I had to like call up newspaper editors and be like, all has been amazing. And this is, this chapter is closing. Like, the time is now. And so in my, the, the two co-founders I had in the incubator were in, were, they were in alignment. They were like, yes, the time is like, it had run mm -hmm. its course. So I was like, it's time to make a major pivot. I don't know what this is going to look like next, but I'm going to be really open. I also was like ending a very like long-term relationship wow, at the same time at once. Yeah. I was okay. like, I'm going to break up. <laughs> I'm going to have a breakup. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to close my side hustle business. And, and I'm going to leave the States. And I'm going to get the <laughs> heck out of town. <laughs> yeah. Like wow. way out of town. Yeah. So I was. That's I, cool though. It all it ended. Cool. At least the work in the incubator um, ended really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it was really important to me that things felt like they were tied up nicely. And not that like everything can always be like that. But I. I think like something that was important to me was I did not really know what I was going to do next. And I knew, I knew that I needed to give myself space to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to burn any bridges in case yeah. like things were like didn't work. not yeah. working. I wanted to be able to go back and be like, either like help me find the next thing and like remember how much you love me. I'm still, we're still <laughs> cool, right? So that Very was, smart, very yeah, wise. Yeah, it was like I just wanted them to feel like the departure was very good between us and all of those realms even the even the breaking up with the boyfriend I was like 
I just got to go, dude. You know, like it's just wow. time that it, we've, we very much have run our course. So, and it's funny because like sometimes Ben and I will run into him now when we're back in New Orleans and like oh, it's wow. all good. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh okay. Yeah, he's like very sweet about, about, you know, us. So Speaks to your guys' maturity. Yeah. I mean, there were moments where it was like, what the, you know, <laughs> what the hell. Um, but for the most part, you know, no breakups are like that, that smooth. But, right. you know, for the most part, I really wanted to keep keep like good relationships leaving that scenario so I moved to Spain and I did it like in a very budget friendly way I had like a friend who had a place I could live for the time I was there and I was very open to where I was going to live I was like I don't know where I want to live I just want to live on I want to live by the water I want to live like in a European coastal town the end whatever town that is in Europe I don't care and so I've, I felt very fortunate to have a friend that was like, my parents have this place. It's like on the Mediterranean coast on the southern coast of Spain. Nobody's going to be there. It actually like would be nice to have someone kind of like house it for a while. And mm. so I was able to stay there for, yeah, for like the second part of the year, the year that I had quit my corporate job. And so then I just like gave myself a lot of space for whatever was going to happen next to arise and like hmm. that sounds like that sounds lovely but it is it's so scary because yeah. it's like that moment that all of a sudden you're you don't have a paycheck coming anymore and you're like oh right I'm about to be doing my thing but I'm not even quite sure like how I'm gonna do it or how I'm gonna make money totally. and like I was smart enough to like put enough money in the bank to get myself through that time period but I knew pretty quickly that I needed to start building a plan of what was going to be next mm-hmm. and that there was high potential for failure. And that was something that I had learned from a mentor many years before that like failure is not a bad thing. It is okay yes. to fail. And if you don't fail, sometimes you're probably not like going hard enough. You're not like trying things that are far enough outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Agreed. So <laughs> one of the things I did during that time was when I came back, well, I had done this like right, I was like planning it right before I left. I'm like trying to get the timeline straight. Yeah. Like right before I left, I had opened a brick and mortar store and realized very quickly that like that wasn't it. So I like opened it and closed it, which like I think a lot of people would be like, what? You opened a store? Yeah. And, like, I'm like, I didn't know this about it? you. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I opened a brick and mortar store. It we carried a lot of indie designers. Uh, I really wanted to continue to support those young designers that I had been Aww. working with. So I carried a lot of their stuff. Yeah. We did a lot of pop-ups with like those designers. Opened it really quickly. Was like, oh wait, I'm not gonna be able to travel or like ever go anywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm gonna have to like be in the shop every single day. I should have thought of that. That like mm. that was going to be how it went. But I, you don't think about these things a lot of the time. Right. I didn't think about. It wasn't until really diving into manifestation that I started to really spend a lot of time thinking about everything I wanted and needed and will this thing fit that before it was kind of like even it was a lot like either you moving across the sea it was just like I don't care where I just want to be there kind of like dating I was like doesn't matter he needs to be nice or like this or that you know there was I had such a low bar um, or I wouldn't think of all of my needs and stuff. So I would enter the situation that looked good and like I wanted, but I hadn't considered how it would fit all in the with things that the it rest would of my life. Yeah. 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 And the 
when I opened this, when I opened the shop, I had a pretty good deal to open it. It wasn't going to be super expensive to do it. I did have to buy all the inventory that it was going to require to run the shop. I was going to be sharing a space with another creative person who was like, there was going to be like a salon on one side and like my shop on the other side. I basically was going to like live in the apartment upstairs. Like there was a lot of things about it that was like, yeah, let me try this. Like, let me give this a try. And then I realized pretty quickly, like, not for me. This is not it. And so it just gave me an opportunity to really start trying things out. And in that process, I was starting to uncover my own manifestation powers, I guess. Mm. You, could, you know, we all have that power. Mm-hmm. But I was becoming aware of my own power. Okay. It was like, oh, when I put something out there, in whatever way it is that I do it, things happen for me. Doors open. And I think a part of that is like, you know, I can recognize my life was, you know, I have a privileged life. I do not take that for granted at all that I like had money and food and like great people all around me. So like doors are going to open easier. And that is not the case for all people. And Mm -hmm. I am like completely aware of that and grateful for, you know, the opportunities that I had created for myself to have those doors open. But, like, the moment that I was, like, I just want to live, like, on a European, you know, coastal town, and I don't know where that is or what that's going to be, but I'm open, so universe, like, hey, deliver, and then it happened, I was, like, oh. For free, too. Right. (laughs) Really delivered. (laughs) I was, like, got it. Like, okay. Something's here. (laughs) Yeah. So, I started to, like, really take note of what my processes were around, like, things happening like that. Hmm. Then I had an opportunity to write, um a couple of books, my first book and then my second book. But each time I was like, I don't know anything about publishing. I have not wanted to be an author my whole life, but like I'm interested in telling a story about this particular type of thing with my second book, Wonderful, which was the book that I ended up getting a really nice advance. It was like almost to the level of a salary that I would be paid in a year. I was like, oh wait, I just got a check to like pay me to travel for a year. Like, hello universe. (laughs) Let's keep doing these things. So I really started to take note of what I was doing, how I was calling these things in. I was also finding that like probably for the first time in my life, I was like highly in alignment to like what I was truly lit up by. Mm. And I only was able to get that sort of clarity by like giving myself the space that I had given myself. That's what, oh my gosh, yeah, and I want to ask you some questions about pivoting and how to know and just talk a lot about kind of, a lot of takeaways, juicy takeaways for people, but like, it's so funny to me, like, how important these pivots are in helping us figure out who we are, what our purpose is, what we want, like, if I hadn't gone through these pivots, like, who knows what I would be doing, but they led me to, they lead us to kind of where we're meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And every one of those things along the way, when we get open to the failure being okay, when we get open to creating space and letting like whatever, whatever next moment is for us to like find us being kind of still and like letting go of the like crazed hustle culture stuff, Mm -hmm. then things start to present themselves that are going to take you to the next the next inevitable destination for you whether that's like a physical destination like moving across the country or across (laughs) the ocean or just like the next life path for you so from that moment forward I mean that was like eight years ago now then I just got really open to like okay I'm gonna have life strategy and I'm gonna like start to build a business but I'm also gonna be like really really game to have 
my life shift as I inevitably evolve and transform. And that means in my business, things will sometimes look one way and sometimes look another way. And that's quite different from like how we're taught to run a business. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't have a strategy in my business, but like there's a strategy and then I get to decide how I'm like meeting that strategy and like what I'm creating to have that strategy be fulfilled. Um, I, I just love, I've never heard it put that way, kind of like allowing your business to grow with you and kind of like thinking about the business as like an extension of you, but like yeah. to that degree, like we think of business growth, but not like the same way we think of our growth and evolution as totally. humans like that, but it makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like, you know, sometimes when businesses do not succeed, especially businesses where you're like very much bootstrapping things and you're like growing very organically, they don't necessarily succeed because inevitably like the founder of the business or the person who is like ultimately like the face of the business because it's like their thing. It is an extension of your soul and it's an extension of who you are. And if you're not lit up by it anymore, then all of a sudden it becomes really hard to put Mm -hmm. like that amount of like dedication and energy and self into something um that you're just that's not aligned with you anymore so totally I mean that that kind of is um uh, well we'll get to this in a second but that's kind of what I think sparks pivots for me yeah um but wait so where are you now okay to kind of give people a full circle yeah so went through all that time period and then I I was from like the early days of running the fashion incubator, I'd started a blog. And in the early days of the fashion incubator, the blog was very much a fashion blog, like very focused on like fashion in my own city in New Orleans. And then when I moved across the ocean, the blog shifted and I was like writing travel stories on the blog. Never in a million years did I think the blog was going to like ever make me a penny, but I was like, this is just something I love doing. And so pretty quickly as I was had shifted the blog into more of a travel space It started to grow. And it was mostly women that were really interested in a solo travel story. They were like, Mm. oh, I want to read this because I want to understand like how you're traveling solo, like what your tips are, what your strategies are, where you're going. So it started to grow. And then the next like little while I was doing a lot of like travel blogging work. And that was amazing. It was the time I was writing my, my travel book. And then 2020, did what 2020 did and I was like (laughs) well I'm not gonna be a travel blogger this year because like no one is and so I had to really think about like the other things that I knew my community was interested in what I was interested in and the timing around what 2020 was was you know this there was this opportunity to really focus on self-development we all needed that at the beginning of 2020 we were all unsure Mm -hmm. about what was coming next and the manifestation piece of my conversation like that story I was starting to have that conversation more and more and more with my community and I was finding my blog posts about manifestation my blog posts about self-development well-being those were really starting to resonate with people even before 2020 had become what it was and so that gave me another very good indicator of what the next phase would be as I wasn't going to be traveling anymore and I started to do a lot of workshops around manifestation, masterminds with women who were inevitably also making big life pivots, um, both self-development, 
personal development and professional development courses, workshops. I was already leading retreats before 2020, but then I was doing a lot more of that like kind of virtual work with folks. And that became like the next phase of my business. And I'm still doing a lot of that work now. Um, I was doing some work with a lot of consulting work with wellness brands, beauty brands, um, independent retail shops. You know, I had an experience in each of those areas. So that really ramped up in 2020. And I was finding I was having more and more of those brands inviting me in to consult with their business. And so that definitely was something that I really started embracing further. And, you know, over the last two years, I moved across the country. So this time it wasn't across the ocean, but this time with the person who's now my husband. And so in that case, like that was another big life pivot. But it also made sense for me because a lot of the work I do like really resonates with the community that is here in L.A. And mm-hmm. so I haven't changed the structure necessarily of the business so much in the last two years. And I'm still like really lit up by like working with corporate clients, doing that consulting work, working with women who are in some sort of like really fantastic life pivot, um, teaching manifestation strategies, doing conscious CEO level coaching. I really enjoy all of those things still. And then next year I'm launching a skincare collection. (laughs) So it's like I'm going all the way back. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going all the way back to (laughs) my beauty roots. Yeah, but it's something I've been really feeling called to do. And I have never stopped loving the beauty industry. And so like all these many years later, I'm like, wait, I I love the process of creation. I love the process of like really identifying products that are going to resonate with people. I love the branding component of all of that so like hey like that can be that can be something I I do next and that feels really exciting I love that and I also love hearing how much you're doing and how you're doing multiple things at once because I think sometimes we pigeonhole ourselves and I sometimes even like I still love creating fashion content and some lifestyle and beauty but I'm also so in love with manifestation and mindset and coaching and teaching and like posting about that and sharing that too and I think sometimes I get in my head and I'm like I need to pick one and there's so much out there about like niching but no we can do many things we can wear many hats and you know we're kind of like dimming our light when we try to put ourselves in a box yeah and I think what happens you know we've gotten so used to like being like having to answer that question of like what do you do and it be like I'm a this and like that has been something from the jump that I've always been like I, one, don't ever want to ask someone that question because I want to know, like, all the depths of you, not just, like, what yeah, you do to what make you money. Do. Right. But well, I people put their identity in that for so totally. long. And I, I did and sometimes sometimes struggle with that a little bit with because my job is, like, my life <laughs> to yeah. some degree sometimes. Yeah, but, totally. But, yeah, it used to be a thing of, like, oh, I do this. And it was, like, kind of That's your it. status and your yeah. – Yeah. And, yeah. But no, we are so much more than our – our jobs yeah and I think when we like let that go a little bit then we can express these multi-passions that we have and sometimes our business or our personal brand can be much more multifaceted because it's Mm -hmm. like okay Jordan what do you do well you know I create content around fashion but you do all these other things too and I focus on manifestation and I focus on self-care self-love and I focus on mindset and I do you know coaching work and I have a podcast like these are all Mm -hmm. the like facets of what makes up career woman Jordan Mm -hmm. and that I think is something that like 
I've always kind of like given myself the grace that like if someone's going to ask me what do I do like my answer is like I'm a consultant I have a digital wellness platform um, which stemmed from having a blog I do some corporate client work and I have a podcast like that's my answer Mm -hmm. but there's like so much more depth to all of that and I think it's important that we allow ourselves to like explore those depths and like really let the stuff bubble up that is lighting us up in the moment. Yeah. Oh, this goes really well right into what I was going to ask you and kind of, I guess one of my main answers, I was going to ask you what, um, how did you know when it was time to pivot and what made you start taking those risks and leaps of faith? Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, I think sometimes when it feels really comfortable to make the pivot, we've probably waited too long Mm. to really make make the change (laughs) in my beauty industry days when I was working in corporate I was probably ready like three or four years before I actually like made the pivot by the time I made it I was like I am really ready to do this (laughs) and like you know I I don't know that there's like one defined way and I think sometimes you need to be that ready and sometimes it's like you just have a feeling and you start really listening to your body And you start really listening to your intuition. If you were like burnt out and feeling like exhausted every single day of your life, it is time. Okay. So if you're feeling burnt out where you're at. Totally. um, I think you also throughout your story were sharing kind of like you were feeling lit up by certain things. And so you went towards what lit you up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think, you know, you and I both have, um, have an interest in human design and it's something that I use in my client work is human design. So I'm always looking for clues in my human design chart, like, and my astrology chart too. Like that's the woo woo part of me, mm-hmm. but I'm always looking for like, is there a clue here of something that I need to be considering about self mm-hmm. that maybe I'm not considering? Um, but I think, I think it is that it's like, what's lighting you up now? What are you like? If you are finding that like at night when like no one's around and you're not like watching Netflix or whatever it is, and you're like doing deep dives into a specific topic or like Mm. you're following a bunch of people (laughs) that like do this one thing yeah like for you and you were having this like awareness of your manifestation journey opening up it was like you were listening to podcasts like all the time you were like deep diving you were like really starting to study it I don't know starts happening (laughs) it's like hello this could be for you yeah I don't know if it's the Aries in me or the um, ADHD hyper fixation the way we can do that but yeah I go all in when I am when it was psychology all in poor Jeff when our relationship was having struggles he was getting paragraphs that like we were codependent in this way and we need to like you know you're an avoidant style I'm an anxious like I was just giving him the full breakdown of him and me and what was going wrong in our relationship and then it yeah it did turn into kind of empowerment mindset stuff and manifestation but yeah I like go all all in yeah yeah so So I love that I love that you said that yeah of course and I think that's the thing to consider you know (laughs) like if you're all in on something like is it calling to you in a way that's like you're just excited and interested or is this potentially a new path for you so yeah you know I I do think that it's the answer is never going to be the same for everyone but it's really like learning to listen to self learning to let go of which is really hard but like Mm -hmm. practicing getting okay with discomfort and some failure Mm -hmm. putting yourself in places that the people that you're inspired and expanded by are hanging out 
And if something starts to come to you that's like, maybe I should try this out. Maybe I should go this way. Maybe this is the next career path for me. Or maybe I want to start a business that looks like this. Or Mm -hmm. maybe I want to study this particular topic. If it just keeps showing up for you, give give it a little bit of a look. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I was coming to as well as I was reflecting on all of this this morning. I was like, why? Why did I choose to switch from political theory to music? Why did I choose to start blogging? Why did I choose to move to New York? Why did I choose to, and I forgot earlier <laughs> to your point that we can we can get so in our lives that we forget. Like I was like, oh yeah, I also did move across the country this last year. Yeah, yeah you part. did. Um, but like, why did I do that? Why did I do these things? Um, and honestly, a lot of it came back to desire. And I really believe and it's, it's so interesting for me. Um, and I think I, I notice it so much because I was raised in a culture where our desires were kind of bad. And yeah. we were supposed to, like, ignore them, push them away. They're most likely going to lead you astray. Not a good thing. So I grew up kind of thinking my intuition was a bad thing and my desires were a bad thing. Whereas, actually, they are our guidance yeah. system. Isn't that some crazy programming that we have to break out of? Yeah. You know? Like, it is, like, the best compass we can ever have is like listening to what our heart and ultimately like our soul really wants and in so many cultures it's like no 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 like don't listen to that you need to like you need to be over here doing this this is the path this is the plan this is how things work but when you start to like break out of that programming and start to really trust your intuition and like your inner compass you will doors will open more quickly and Mm -hmm. you will you will feel way more open to trusting that the pivot is in fact for you yeah and I think we're really blessed and supported and guided by the universe but and some and sometimes you know things like you know my marriage was controlling and abusive in some ways um I you know had doors get closed on me I had doors open opportunities come in kind of like you were saying people coming to you for consulting I think sometimes we do get that external guidance um but I I definitely have relied on that more than necessary and even been like give me a sign or you know whatever universe and like when it's like no like actually the best question is and the more this is more and more just how things are going I'm tuning into what do I desire totally what do I want what lights me up for for me moving across the country it was one of the first times I really made a decision just based off of something I really wanted and I that I knew would help me heal decompress help my mental health light me up I love walking outside yeah. I love being in warm weather every single day it's the sunshine. a vibe out here <laughs> it's, it's such really a vibe is. I don't know why yeah. everybody doesn't live in California but I'm yeah. glad they don't yeah so it's it not is over. such a vibe anybody that's like really California hater I'm like what is wrong with you yeah I'm like <laughs> have you actually spent time there <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's so it's crazy I think just that's kind of like what do you want yeah and when your desires are not what you're having in your current reality I think it's that's a big a big sign to tune in and be like okay yeah maybe it's time to pivot yeah and I (laughs) I think there's like some things that happen when you do that like when you make a decision to make a leap like that and or like when I made that decision to like move across the ocean that time that I was like I don't know what I'm doing next but I'm gonna go to Spain I think when we do things like that we a couple things happen we start to develop a very different type of Mm self-trust it's like oh yeah you actually do in fact got this girl like you like you did this because it was your desire your intuition said that this was right for you and then whether or not it was tough along the way because inevitably it always there's Mm -hmm. always tough moments but the self-trust that we start to have that like 
sense of sovereignty, that embodiment that we start to have really starts to compound. And also just like think about thinking about like inner child work and like my inner little girl, like I wouldn't, if I had a little girl, I wouldn't deny her anytime she asked for something and wanted something. I wouldn't deny her. Like, that's not loving that child. Not that you give them anything that they want, but, you know, why wouldn't I listen to my desires? Like, it builds self-love, too, I think. Totally. It does. It does. And I think that there's, like, you know, when you think about, like, how the universe or source or God, whatever it is for you, how how that entity begins to conspire with us to expand our lives Mm -hmm. when the universe or source or God sees you showing up for yourself in that way and doing it out of a place of like goodness like Mm -hmm. really just like doing it from a place of goodness then more doors do in fact open yeah Yeah. it's so crazy when you start following your intuition and like following your desires and moving forward the way you feel led like yeah yeah magic happens I I totally (laughs) agree I totally agree and like I think about Casa Noon which is the skincare brand that I'm in process of of launching you know I think about the moment that I made the decision that I was like gonna start a brand and like what this was gonna look like there wasn't a marked moment where I was like pivot we're gonna like start to dial down our course Mm -hmm. content and we're gonna start to shift some of our focus on developing a brand like and when I say we I have like now I have like a team that works with my company and so I have to be really considerate of like we have to make payroll and like I can't just like go off grid for a while I still have to like be driving things in my business but there was a moment where I was like sitting on the couch every night like researching ingredients and I was like had always been really interested in that stuff the whole time I've been in the beauty space I've always been super super interested and the cleanest products and plants and like what plants can do for our skin and like the technological development of plants and like how how that has grown so much over the course of you know now it's been almost two decades that I've been hanging around the beauty space so I was in my in my free time I was spending a lot of time in that space and then starting to look at like okay how do you develop a product like what would it be like if I had like my Pinterest boards were like all sorts of like brand packaging and I was doing that because I really Mm. was like it was just fun for me and it got to a point where I was like okay I'm gonna ask some trusted folks around me like you know I get that like starting a business specifically in the skincare space specifically in the clean beauty space is it's a very saturated space right now but I was like all right trusted folks like if I were to dip my toe over here would you think I'm crazy and while some of the answers were like you're crazy. They were all like, you might be crazy, but you totally got this. So I was like, you know, I think this pivot could be for me. So let me, let me start to get really, let me really start to explore what this could look like. I love it. Okay. So something that we both touched on or noted briefly throughout sharing our journey was (laughs) the fear that comes with this stuff. It is not easy and holy cow I, I'm guessing and yeah. you know, sh- share more on this like sure how do you deal with fear I'm, I'm guessing f- and just from what you said you have experienced fear but yeah for to sure. what degree and what do you do how do you face the fear how do you handle it yeah I mean I think we all have those experiences of wanting to wanting to give something a try and being like totally stopped in our tracks because we're just like frozen and the headlights you know it's it's really scary and I think it's even perhaps more intense 
over these last like 10 years during this like rise of social media because we are able to be inspired by what people are doing but then the comparison game comes on like you know so hot that it's it compounds the fear I think sometimes because we're like oh well she's like this far ahead of in this thing and like she you know if she's doing it this well like who am I to think that I could even kind of step into this space which is you know aligns with that imposter syndrome conversation too but for me I think what I like to do when I am in a place of intense fear around something and really having a moment of like discomfort around is this for me can I in fact do this I like to think about like what's the worst what is literally the worst thing that could happen so like with the beauty brand what's the worst thing that could happen well I could lose every penny that I invest in this that would really suck. Like, I don't want to lose that money. Mm-hmm. I could lose some credibility with, like, the people on my team because that would probably feel bad for them. And they would be like, what, you didn't, like, actually have it? You thought you had it, but you didn't really have it? Okay, so, like, those are pretty Ooh, I didn't think about things. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, those things would really, really suck. But, like, am, am I going to, like, is it going to kill me? Am I going to, like, completely lose my business? Am I going to, like, lose my home? No, I haven't leveraged myself in those ways. Like, that's not going to happen. So... Is this fear worth working through to see what sort of like really beautiful thing could happen on the other side? And so I think sometimes that's that's the breakdown that I like to take myself through is like, what's the worst that could happen? And get really mm-hmm. clear about like some of the stuff would really suck if it happened. Yeah. And like, how would I process through that if it did happen? Okay. Would I come out on the other side of that? Okay. Would I have the ability to like move on okay I would and then the more I think through that the more the fear subsides it's like yeah terrible things might happen but I'm I'm gonna be okay I love that I do that too yeah it's kind of and I think this is something that I learned in therapy too what is the worst thing that could happen and it's like I've had the worst thing happen before and I'm still here and I'm stronger and wiser for it and so yeah sometimes just really debunking our fear and being like is it actually as bad as yeah. it is in our head? And it's usually not. It's usually <laughs> not. And you're so right. Usually way worse stuff has happened in our lives up to this point. And when we look back at that and we're like, hey, I got through that moment mm-hmm. or like that series of moments or like that relationship or like that massive failure or whatever it is. And like, I'm still thriving. So mm-hmm. like, okay, I can, I can take a leap of faith. I can give myself a few minutes to process this and go for it. Yeah. And a lot of the time the stuff is like worst case scenario. That's like not, it's not an ultimate truth and it's also very unlikely to happen. Like totally. And so it's, you know, we give so much power to these thoughts that, and and this is why, again, I manifestation is just like a way of living a way of thinking. It's a mindset. Like I, I use my like removing block step and just kind of go through and like write out everything I'm feeling. And I'm like, is this likely to happen or is this true? And like, usually yeah, it's not. Usually it's not. And yeah. it's just me giving so much power to these negative fear-based thoughts instead of all the other amazing positive faith-based thoughts and like yeah. thoughts that are rooted in my personal power and how I've shown myself that I can do hard things and I have shown up and I am yeah. successful. And like, yeah. yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Like I think about in my relationship with Ben, who's my husband, we've been together for eight years. When we first started dating, we were, we did not live in the same city. He was a touring musician. Um, he's 13 years younger than me. Everything about entering into that relationship, like 
full on fear. Like mm-hmm. this person, this is a young person who's traveling the world playing in rock bands. And when you I'm, put it that way. Yeah, like all my girlfriends were like, I hope this is just like a fun <laughs> fling for you. Because if you get like totally into this person, like this could like destroy you. This wow. could, you could feel really terrible about like how this could look. Um, it's funny because I know Ben and he's so sweet he's so, and like I see how amazing you guys. He's the most gentle person in the world. Thinking about it, yeah, from their perspective and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I get like it. everyone was like, you got to be kidding. Yeah. And so I did, and I had like, you know, some serious abandonment stuff and like, Uh, you know, like relationships where there wasn't a lot of trust and there was like reason for there to not be trust. And so, you know, I, I sat down, wrote a list of like, what do I desire in a relationship? I am going to manifest the relationship that is for me. And that was right before I met Ben. And he, he hit everything on that list. It was like, I want someone who's creative. Mm. I am into musicians. like So it would be fun if they, they were a musician. I want them to have like the level of ambition and like commitment to their own like success that I have. I want them to be independent. I want them to allow me to be independent and not try to like stifle my dreams and I won't try to stifle theirs. I, you know, I meant to like dark skin, dark hair. Like I got real specific. I love it though. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. We, we don't because him. we don't believe a totally, lot of the time. Totally. And so that moment that I met him, I was like, oh, this is actually going to be fine. And there was, there was never a doubt from like our first conversations, the like level of clarity of how we would communicate and how we would take care of each other's emotions and each other's feelings. And all of that from the jump, it was like we, the, the, the fear was gone because mm-hmm. it was like he was he met everything on the list. And then we talked through any potential challenges that could could come up in the way that we hmm. would have to develop a relationship very quickly and like got those fears out of the way. And it was like, all right, now we're good. But if I had allowed what everyone around me was telling me, hmm. and what everybody was telling me to be scared of to like actually be how I approached it, then he wouldn't be my husband today. So. Yeah, no, I love I love that tip too to not all not take on other people's fears, right. <laughs> not take on other people's shit at all. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The same thing with me moving out to LA. You know, at first it was to San Diego all by myself, me and the cat. And oh my gosh, I was so scared. Yeah. I knew three people, and I had met one of them once. The other was like a person that I knew from yeah, and a couple of events. Like I didn't know anyone, and I was so scared. And I got there, and I'm so I literally almost. I almost was like, what am, What did I do? I am terrible. I'm leaving my family, my friends. The cat hates me. I drugged him and I'm taking him on a plane. I felt so bad like, because I was actually doing something for me for once. And I got there and like, it just, yeah, to your point earlier about when you, you know, moved across the seas and, you know, all of these things that we do, I started to realize like, wait, like, I'm pretty capable. Yeah. I'm pretty strong. Like, I'm pretty self-sufficient. Like, I've got this stuff. Yeah. Um, I can build a life alone that I'm in love with and create a future and that I'm excited about. And and then even when Jeff and I did decide to get back together, so many fears and a lot of it was not that I, not that you be impractical and just like be like, Oh no, it's going to be rainbows and sunshine. You know, I was trying, I was still very much like if he is not exhibiting this, this and this, or if we're getting codependent again, like this could not potentially not work out again. But I was in my head, I was like, no, this is going to be easy. This is going to be fun. We're going to work through all of the things that weren't working before. We're growing, we're changing, we're addressing our, our you know, childhood trauma and things yeah. that are really coming up and causing problems. And so it really is choosing to take the risk to step out in faith, not blindly, but, you know, with 
just a determination. Like I'm going yeah. to give this a full go and every single time it's always been worth the risk. I almost stopped yeah. blogging so many times in the beginning. I almost, you know, s- didn't go to events in New York. Like every single time I almost didn't do things because of a fear. Yeah. Not, not a helpful fear. Helpful fear is like stuff that's going to protect you. Like sure. don't walk down that dark alley cause yeah. you might get stabbed. Like, right. But it was like fears about not being good enough. Fears about, you know, will people like me? Will I actually succeed at this? Totally. Am I good enough? All of that stuff. Like, Every single time I did something in spite of that, like, so glad. It was such yeah, a it's, good... Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was starting my blog, I had... My boyfriend at the time was like, people don't start blogs in their 30s. Like, what are you doing? Like, what what is this? And I, I at the time, I that's had no... One, yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, I had no intention of it ever making money. But now, like, when I do run into that boyfriend and I'm like... See, look, 10 years later, that blog is like taking me around the world. And like, I got to like (laughs) travel for free and get paid for it. And like, it got me book deals. And now it's like a place where I have this really amazing community. And my blog does not look like what anybody else's blog looked like in that moment. And it's because I did it my way. And if I had listened to that voice of like literally a person saying to me, like, I already had my own imposter syndrome around it, and then had someone that was supposed to be a support to me saying like, no girl, this ain't it. And that's the worst. Our minds are hard enough in and of themselves. And then when you have people outside of you, they're supposed to be your support. (laughs) Yeah. Like that is such a, that is like hard pro tip. If like the five people you're hanging out with are not like cheering you on. Yes. Like I get that sometimes we can't exit those relationships because sometimes that's our like mom and our sister. And like, we still love those people. But like, if you don't surround yourself with people that are like, really your biggest cheerleader it's going to be way harder it's going to be so much harder so much harder and honestly boundaries are loving if you're not showing up for yourself pursuing the things that let your soul on fire stepping into your purpose which I'm excited this is leading us right into the last thing I wanted to cover which was imposter syndrome but like you are going to not be able to show up great for yourself or for other people and for your purpose and like service like that's also a disservice to the world totally so yeah I think it's it can seem unloving to like cut people out or set firm boundaries, but it's actually the most loving thing. And also you're not enabling them being toxic and unhealthy anymore. Yeah. So there's yeah. lots of, I'm, I'm huge on boundaries. If you yeah. can tell. It's, it's so important. It yeah. really is so important. And there are people in our lives that are meant to be there at certain points that mm-hmm. are not meant to be there forever and ever. And it doesn't mean that like sometimes when you're making a decision to like distance yourself or cut someone from that, like, inner energy level that you have mm-hmm. that it's not done out of love it's just like maybe that relationship has run its course and it's time to let it go yeah yeah and I'm not one of those people that's like you know cut it off like I'm not like sure very you know I don't know what the word is I'm not loose with that yeah. um and I think you know just the fact that my parents and I have rebuilt a very toxic relationship that I almost did end multiple times like yeah I definitely believe in working on things com- communicating conversations um therapy repair but yeah. but yeah our our inner energy our inner peace like all of that stuff is so so important and precious yeah, like that is so true and it doesn't mean like when you're making a decision to create a boundary like that that you don't still love that person that yeah especially when it's like parents like I very much went through that experience with my mom and I think for the first time in my adult life this year, I'm like, oh, I can really let her in to my energy. 
end to my inner peace because there was a lot of years where I was like, I can still love her and we can still have like life update conversations. But like knowing the inner workings of me does not work because we're struggling with how to like really relate. And it, there was some toxicity there. And a lot of that, I mean, this is the case for everyone. A lot of that was her working through her own stuff. Right. Yeah. So I think when we like really realize like we're all humans, we're all going through some sort of crazed human experience. And there are times when relationships need to be kept at certain levels and it doesn't mean we don't still love them. Like that's a good way to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Quickly. Cause I know we're like, we're having an amazing conversation. I always love having these conversations <laughs> with I'm, you. I know, I know. I wanted to touch on imposter syndrome a little yeah. bit. And obviously this relates more. It's more of a career thing. And I have some things that I wrote down that I'm like, you know, what has helped me work through imposter syndrome. But I wanted to hear first from you, like what sure. What helps you with yeah. this? So like one of my like most tangible tips around imposter syndrome is getting yourself in the room with people that you are aspiring to become more closely to what they're doing. Huh. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. okay, so like you want to, like, let's just back up. Like, pretend you want to be a fashion blogger. Yeah. Like, I want you to get in a room where fashion bloggers are hanging out. Like, That's what gives me imposter syndrome. Okay, I'll but be thinking I'm doing okay. You don't have to say, like, I am going to be a fashion blogger when you get oh, there. Okay, but okay. just, like, get in the room and yeah. start to see, like, what does this look like? Huh. Start to have this awareness that, like, they're just like me. If you have, like, envy or, like, oh, I any see. of that, like, exit, like, they're, they're not your people. Right, right, right. But, like, I think back to when I was starting my blog and hanging around other women who had done that mm. and starting to, like, see that, like, I can, like, we're just the same. I see. Like, okay, I got okay. what they got. They, you know, I'm good. Don't, you know, I didn't make any announcements yeah. that, like, <laughs> I am going to, like, start a blog. Not yet. Okay. But you get to a place where you're, like, I'm really comfortable in this environment. Huh. And then you start to have, like, the confidence to really express, like, this is, in fact, who I am. Um, you know, I at a time I did that most recently was, and a way you can also do that is, like, mastermind experiences women's groups like you know maybe going and hanging out at a blogger event is like not the like most ideal place to do that but like I love a mastermind and I love like I love like women's groups that are like very focused on like a specific niche or the thing that you want to get yourself into because then you can kind of like hear what people have to say about how they're doing it like what their process was for me when I was starting to think about launching the skincare brand I joined a mastermind beginning of last year in which lots of these folks had um, their brand founders. I was like at a dinner where I was like sitting across from Amanda Chantal Bacon of Moon Juice. And so I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm like in these rooms. I'm like, was I going to say to Amanda Chantal Bacon, <laughs> like, I'm starting a skincare brand? No, like I was yeah. not ready to, to say that yet. Sure. But I was in a place where I was like, I can sit at a table with her and have like a really healthy conversation about business. I deserve to be to be here and I deserve to create what I want to create. So I find like being in rooms like that or mastermind groups or like women's groups or like networking events, which I think networking is kind of like not the coolest name, but ultimately that's what it is. We need a new name for that. Yeah. We need to call (laughs) it. Totally. It sounds, it reminds me of like, guys in their like 50s <laughs> right. in suits yeah like with a name tag <laughs> at, on. A, at a hotel <laughs> yeah like it's not that but like you know what I mean yeah so I I just feel like when I think that that is a way to start to lessen the imposter syndrome 
by just starting to, sh- to show your subconscious. Yeah, that you it's an expander. Yeah, that you're cool. hanging around these expan- expansive people, these expanders, is ultimately like great because this is who who you in fact are too Mm. and I mean there's also things like you know before you have to like go make an announcement about like oh I'm a fashion blogger and then like people are like judging you breathe it out like think through that like fear stuff we talked about like what's the worst that's gonna happen like do all of those like good self-care moments too Mm -hmm. but I, I do find that like getting in the room with people will start to shift you pretty quickly in terms of like what you believe to be possible and true for yourself I love that. Okay, so this is a tip for if you are you haven't really started the thing you want to start. So sure. I, uh, something else. It's it's interesting because I feel like that is kind of what I unintentionally did with be with podcasting. I have had yeah. such fear surrounding starting my own podcast, even though I I've had it on my heart for so long that I, I'm supposed to do it. I want to do it. I love sharing stuff and talking and connecting in this way. I loved being on yours. Yeah, and so I think. It's interesting because I, I did do that unintentionally. I've ended yeah. up connecting with so many podcasters over this the last like nine months. And I think it did help me realize like, oh, OK, like it's not. Yeah, it's not as scary. It's not as. Yeah, it's not this unachievable big thing that I'm making it out to be in my mind. It sure. actually is. Yeah. And um, it's still like we still get imposter syndrome when we're like way into things, too. Like we yeah. could be like five years into something and we're still like. Yeah. You know, am I actually am I actually good enough to like claim that this is my thing? I mean, I remember my first book had come out and I had done like book events like I I was like I was in fact an author and I was completely terrified to claim that I was an author. Yeah. And I had a freaking published book. But my fear was that people were going to be like um well why haven't I heard of you or like what bestseller list were you on or sure. like who's your publisher and like be judged for it like not being up to their standard but then like the thing is my my second book the one I got like a really great advance for and like the one that was like with a major publisher with Abrams in New York had I not had the confidence even though it felt scary to talk about my first book I would not have gotten that deal wow because I was like at a party in New York talking to another woman who was an author with like some sort of six-figure book deal writing a book for Penguin Random House and she's like telling me about her book and I'm like I'm also an author I wrote a book and everything in my body was like who the f do you think you are yeah but I also was like if I don't share this with her then like she doesn't know that part of me and this is an opportunity for me to grow my network and like for me to expand personally by sharing like this is who I am and this is what I aspire to do next with this part of my career and then she ended up connecting me with my agent who I still work with today like seven wow. years later yeah yeah and and kind of in there as well another something that for me is helps me so much with overcoming um especially like when I'm just going to start something or for you this was like another a next step in in publishing and writing um is just starting just yeah. doing the thing because sometimes you just need to see yourself do something realize oh it's not that hard and I'm actually more capable than I realize like yes. just yeah get yourself out there yeah like start calling yourself the thing you are and yes. you know own it even though it does feel uncomfortable it's that's what's going to help it feel comfortable not just waiting for it to feel comfortable <laughs> yeah if you start doing it and and there's many people like many very wise people who have said this but if you start doing it and you look at your like first work that you put out in that 
realm and you're like, oh, that's really good. You probably waited a little too long yeah. to really go for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I think there's, you know, ob- obviously a, a balance where, you know, you want to be ethical and not just be like, you know, like you did one year of med school. I'm a surgeon. <laughs> like yeah, that would be a different thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. Get your I, licensing before you operate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's, you know, some, some degree to which you need to be thinking about that. But, but no, yeah. So oftentimes we wait for all of this external confirmation and all like to feel really comfortable and good when to your point we yeah. waited too long yeah um yeah it's starting your podcast writing your book creating yeah. your art making your music starting your business you know like those things sometimes like what's what does taylor swift say in, in one of those new songs on that record i love so much she's like fake it till you make it till you do till it's true and oh, i think that there is okay. like a lot of validity to that to that yeah when you're in that like creative expression phase but it's and it's not faking it though it's like you're just making it till you make it you're making you're it like, till you do and it's true yeah, yeah yeah I love that I don't know if you'll find this to be true as well something else well I was just thinking about what's helped me in overcoming the imposter syndrome is honestly it's it's tied to kind of my understanding of purpose like it's not just for me it's for the yeah, world too. That's so good. And the more I've been stepping into my purpose and realizing like that a big part of it is to really help women step into their power and heal and yeah. create lives they love and believe in themselves and then help other people. Like I've started to realize like even with this podcast, like I can't tell you how many people have said to me like, you need to start a podcast. Why aren't you doing this? Like yeah. get your conversations. Why aren't you sharing these conversations? We're on Instagram. And, you know, I would come up with excuses. I didn't believe in myself. I was like, who am I? You know, I don't know that I'm smart enough. All of these things would come up. And I started to realize like, I'm doing a disservice to all of these people who I, you know, can help from all of this work that I've done and all the tears <laughs> that I've yeah. shed and like the reading that I've done. And so it's just, you know, I think ego can really play a part in holding us back. I think ego totally. is a huge part of imposter it's, syndrome. It totally is. And And when you think about what you just said, it's so important. It's like, Jordan, who are you to withhold this wisdom from the rest of us? Like, you, come on, like, share the gift, share the talent, share the knowledge. And when we consider that, like, that is, that is how we do, do right by the world. That is how we, like, create goodness in the world is by sharing our gifts, our talents, our wisdom. So, you know, I think I love, I love that you said that because I think it is such, it is, such a motivator to move through the imposter syndrome when you think about how you could in fact help someone who is likely just like you just maybe a year or two ago before you got to the place where you are today yeah yeah exactly and that that's actually another great thing to help with imposter syndrome and has helped me it's like who who am I trying to help? It, it really is women who are where I was two to five years ago. Right. And when you're really clear on that, well, it's hard to feel like an imposter because I'm like, well, I'm on the other side of so yeah. many of these things that these women are in. I, of course, like I have value to offer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And wouldn't it have been nice if you had had someone like you to help you? Back I then? wish I did. Yeah, like, totally. that's such a big part of like why I wanted to why I wanted to start this because it was yeah, it was me wanting to have, there was this part, because I do believe our purpose is to fulfill us and make us happy. And, you know, that's a huge part of it as well. And I love talking about this stuff. I love having conversations. So part of it was like, this is so fun and exciting for me. But another part was that, like, I wish I had this. I want to give this to people because it would have helped me so much. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that's, that's such good. That's such good advice. Yeah. So, ah, this was such a great conversation. I've loved it so much. Thank I've you. loved it so much. This is 
it's been it's been so special I know I wish we could keep going but we'll I'm sure do this again soon yes we will thanks guys for tuning in and let us know if you've struggled with imposter syndrome or have had fear around pivoting or questions you have maybe we'll do a follow-up Andy how can they find you (laughs) on (laughs) the interwebs yes so you can find me um, on Instagram at wee wee girl it's o-u-i-w-e-g-i-r-l that's also my blog and our uh, digital wellness studio is wee wee studio o-u-i-w-e studio Um, My podcast is Your Woo Woo Best Friend, and you can hear Jordan's episode on that show as well. Oh, yeah. I'll link all of this in the the show notes as well. Yeah. You've Um, got show notes, girl. I do. (laughs) I know. (laughs) This is amazing. Awesome. All right.